0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and redeemer. Amen. Amen. Throughout my grandmother's life, she kept these tiny little date books, which she called her brains. In them, she kept upcoming appointments while also making small notes about what she had done during the day after the fact. After her death, my dad and his brothers found boxes of these going back decades. They held the memories of important days like weddings and birthdays, and sometimes they served as something of a travelogue of her many adventures. But often, they told the story of seemingly mundane events in her life. Hair appointments, grocery lists, the clothing sizes of everyone in her family, I loved looking through them and gaining insight into the world of a woman that I had hardly gotten to know. Sometimes the book of Acts can feel sort of like this sort of diary or travelogue, telling us the seemingly mundane nature and details of the movements and actions of the missionaries of the early church and giving us insights of the lives of those early Christians. In the portion of Acts we read this morning, we travel with the apostles as they cross over to Macedonia. This direction in their journey is inspired by a dream that Paul has, where he sees a man who is begging him to come over to Macedonia and help us. Immediately, Paul and his companions set their course for this new country, stopping in the necessary ports along the way, taking what, if you look at a map, is a somewhat circuitous route. Previously in the book of Acts, we've seen their travels, which began in Judea, moving up through modern-day Syria, all the way through Turkey, and in this journey to Macedonia as they cross over to the coast of current-day Greece. This journey crossing over takes them into Europe for the very first time. We don't know what their first few days looked like there, but on the Sabbath, they traveled outside the gates to what was supposed to be a place of prayer, where they met a woman named Lydia. We know very little about this woman named Lydia that they meet there, but what we do know is pretty interesting and rather unexpected. We're told that she's making her own way independently in a world that was primarily run by men. Scripture tells us that she is a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. In this short phrase, we see how central both work and worship are in her life. From her actions, we can see that she is a woman who gets things done, but also a woman for whom worship is important. Seemingly, Lydia brings together both the contemplative nature of Mary and the activity of Martha, together in one person who sets her heart towards God. We do not know why she went to the river that day, looking for that place of prayer, maybe hoping for some solitude, maybe hoping to find some other women to pray with her, But it's unlikely that she was expecting to find Paul and his companions, men in a strange land seeking to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. This interaction almost did not happen. In this slightly circuitous route, we see that the Holy Spirit redirects Paul, guiding him from going the wrong way. And this was inspired by his dream of a man begging him to come. Did he ever meet this man or was it Lydia that he was also actually meant to encounter? This occasion almost did not happen. It would not have occurred if it weren't for the convergence of human obedience and divine guidance. It took the obedience of both Paul and Lydia and the act of the Holy Spirit to bring them together that day. Lydia was already a seeker on the way when she arrives at this encounter. Both Lydia and Paul do their part while being guided by the Holy Spirit according to God's plan, bringing them together so that she can hear the gospel. But hearing the gospel that day is only the first step. Not only did she need to hear the words, but she needed to hear them and understand them to be truth, understand them to be the gospel that she had been seeking. She had been searching for something and needed the clarity of mind and heart to understand that this is what she had been looking for. It's the spirit that prepared Lydia's heart to hear, receive, and understand. We are told the Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. And this is the central part of this story. As one commentator describes it, on the banks of that river, longing and grace come together. The longing heart of a faithful woman is opened by the gracious impulse of a faith-giving God in an action that, like the Incarnation itself, is at once fully human and fully divine. Like Lydia, we are astonished when, looking back, we can say only that our steps were guided, guided and our hearts opened. Immediately after Lydia opens her heart to God, she opens her home to Paul and his companions. We read that she prevailed upon them. Other translations could say that she erred, urged or strongly persuaded to accept them to accept her hospitality. And it's easy to imagine this conversation, isn't it? That forceful hospitality where the love of others is being almost forced upon you. She makes an argument to Paul that he cannot deny. How could he say no to her when she says, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. Her actions are larger than just being a nice and hospitable woman. As soon as she is converted, she places herself in the center of Paul's new ministry on this new continent of Europe. After receiving Jesus in her heart, her concern immediately turns outward for those in her community. By inviting the disciples in, she joins them, turning her home into a place of ministry. She does not waver. Doubt has no place in her heart. She sees what needs to come next and make it, makes it happen. She is a woman of faith, hospitality and action. And I must say, it reminds me a lot of the women that I know in this congregation. While reading the books of Acts, and especially in the small portions that we receive in this lectionary, it's easy to forget that the journeys Paul and his companions are taking are for the sake of mission, for spreading the gospel. Their main task is to tell people about Jesus and to expand the church into every region they are called to. Paul is planting seeds wherever he went, following the direction of the Spirit And the conversion we saw in Lydia this morning is a mirroring of the conversion that we saw in Paul's story. After receiving Jesus in his heart, he too turns and begins to spread this message. In our psalm this morning, we're given a bigger vision of the mission work that Paul is carrying out on this journey. Our psalm says, let your ways be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations among all nations. This gospel of Jesus is, not meant, is meant for all people. Twice in the Psalm, we hear the words, let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. Paul knew, and Lydia knew, that this gospel is not just for certain people in a certain land at a certain time. Instead, God has a vision for his ways to be known throughout all the earth by all people. When Paul crossed over the sea following the vision in his dream, he traveled into unfamiliar territories. When Lydia opened her home, she entered into unfamiliar territory. They followed the call of the Spirit to spread the message of Christ. And the call of the Spirit will look different in all of our lives. For Paul and Lydia, they looked very different, but their responses were the same and were faithful. Two years ago, my call took me to a very small seminary in Wisconsin where I now live between a lake and a cornfield. And there have been many times in the last few years where I have been surprised by the fact that I actually live in Wisconsin and the realities within that. Like the morning somebody said, what do you mean you walk to chapel? It's five degrees outside. And I said, that's above zero. Another moment was last summer, when, after being out of town for a few weeks, driving back through the cornfields to campus, I thought to myself, wow, I was gone longer than I thought. That corn has really shot up. (laughs) The height of the corn was not how I measured time while living in the Highlands. But living in a place where the passage of time is marked with the planting, growing, and harvesting of crops has provided for me a different understanding when reading scripture based in an agrarian society. Like this morning's psalm in verse six, where it says the earth has brought forth her increase. May God, our own God, give us his blessing. As tangibly as I could see the growth and fruitfulness of the earth and the corn that was growing that day driving home, we can see the growth and fruitfulness of the seeds that Paul was planting as he journeyed through Europe beginning with his interaction with Lydia, converting her as the first Christian on the continent. As Paul traveled into new lands to proclaim the gospel, he was not only geographically growing the church, but he was also expanding what the church looked like, expanding it into new regions, new cultures, bringing a diversity to the church that has only continued to expand since then. The author author of this psalm desires for the ways of God to be known on earth, in all nations, throughout all the earth. When it comes to the history of the church, the stories we hear about the travels and activities of the early missionaries in Acts should not be considered secondary. No, they are a continuation of the main event, a continuation of God's plan for his people that goes all the way back to Abraham and Moses. And while we can look back and see the beginning of this plan, we must also look forward, seeing the continuation of it today and looking forward into the future. God has a vision for all nations, for all people to know the blessings of God, and this vision has not yet been achieved. The fruits of the early missionaries continue to grow, but that work is not done. And we are all called to be part of this mission. What this call will look like will be different from each of us. And I expect that for many, it will not mean moving to Wisconsin. For Lydia, her ministry was based in her home. For Paul, it meant going on the road. And Paul, while he was sent a dream that told him to travel to Philippi, Unlike him, most of us will receive this call from God in different, less clear, and more subtle ways. But in this morning's gospel, we heard Jesus' promise to send the Holy Spirit, a Holy Spirit that will dwell with us and teach us everything and remind us of Jesus' teachings so that we may not be troubled, so that we may have peace. It is not our job to map out every detail of the road ahead of us, instead, this call is to be open to the Spirit, and when we're called to take a new route, to be faithful like Paul and like Lydia, following this call and trusting in the Spirit, not only so that we may receive God's blessings, but so that we may be re- ready and willing to turn around and share those blessings, so that God may give us his blessing and all the earth will stand in awe of him. Amen.